Hi everyone, welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking all about our victory over Chelsea, making us Conti Cup champions. The game ends our four-year wait for a trophy, which for a club like Arsenal is a very long time without silverware, we can all agree. We put on a really passionate display to beat Chelsea 3-1 at Selhurst Park. Idaval made just one change to the side that got kicked out of the FA Cup in the fifth round against Chelsea, and that was Noel Barrett coming in for Weinreuter. That did surprise me maybe a little bit. We all know Maritz is a very capable player. She obviously won the Champions League with Wolfsburg. But I've always felt that Weinreuter played really well against Chelsea. Looking back, especially at the Emirates game in the WSL when we drew, I think she literally pocketed Guru Wrighton. Um, and we all know it had like an absolute fangirl over Weinreuter's ability to do that because you don't see it very often. But I do think that Maritz came in and performed really well, and we will obviously be talking about that later. But first, let's do a little recap. I'm so happy because in the past few games, I feel like this recap has been like, mm, let's do a recap. Because, you know, it's, it's not been great to be an Arsenal fan the last few games. But the game, they came through when it was needed, and here we are. So we went a goal down really, really early on with a Sam Kerr header. Um, and I think there was a little bit of nervousness, so I was in the Arsenal end, and we were all like, oh dear, is this about to be a walkover? Quite nervous, and then I've seen, when I watched the game, like, the next day, um, the pan to Beth and Viv's face. Oh my god, tragic. Okay. But, even once the goal went in, I noticed that the difference, I feel, was that they didn't give up, their heads didn't go down, and I think that was a huge turning point for me um and I leaned over to my friend and then obviously like shouted onto the pitch we were like you know the men did it yesterday we can do it again go goal down but take the win it's fine so Blackstonius came to the rescue with an equaliser in the 16th minute so it wasn't too long to wait to really see the impact of Arsenal's pressure after that goal went in uh so Frida drove down at the Chelsea back line then the shot fell to our striker Stina It was a really impressive goal and then she was on a bit of a roll to be honest and nearly got a brace but was sadly offside but we continued to dominate with Volte's creativity and Kim Little was absolutely slicing up the pitch. Then in the closing moments of the first half Rafa Souza soared high and I actually thought she was the one to score for like ages but um, it was actually a Neve Charles own goal but it definitely happened because of like Rafa's physicality, the pressure she was putting on the ball and those sorts of things. And prior to all this there was of course a Kim Little penalty. As soon as there was a penalty, I'm never nervous for a penalty, Kim Little simply does not miss them. Anyway, in the second half, we saw Victoria Pullover come on to replace Katie McCabe, and she made a pretty instant impact. She has quite a lot of shots on goal. Chelsea obviously did have dangerous spells. I think it would be naive to describe it as an absolute walkover for Arsenal, um, especially in the second half. Uh, Zinsberger did have quite a few saves to make in the closing stages, but I think that was just as much Chelsea's impact as it was Arsenal kind of sitting back and defending a bit more of the scoreline rather than, you know, attempting to go for like a 4-1 situation because it wasn't really needed. So now that we've kind of had a summary of the game, relived the happy moments, let's really break it down to understand what actually happened. So as most of us all know, 
this is the third time in about seven weeks that Arsenal and Chelsea have played each other and we've now seen every possible outcome um obviously we haven't seen it go to penalties but we've seen Chelsea win we've seen Arsenal win and we've seen the draw now as well so that means they should know each other excessively well and I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast about how that Arsenal should be the ones who maybe have more knowledge about Chelsea than maybe Chelsea do because it's very easy when you win not to look into it just obviously they have analysts but to kind of move on a bit more quickly but when you lose I think you ask more questions of each other of the team of the performance this is something actually Leah Williamson's spoken about in the past as well you know whether it's her experience at Arsenal or in previous World Cups when she went to France and things like that so definitely something to consider in that and I think that also links really well to the press conference responses after the game from each manager of course we will be talking about all of Emma Hayes' comments in a moment so overall I think it is fair to say that Idavel used these lessons and outmaneuvered Emma Hayes we saw in the FA Cup game how Blackstenius was able to find lots and lots of space behind Chelsea's back line it was just the clinical finish, the ability in front of goal that really held us back. Obviously there was some defensive issues but if we're just focusing on this aspect of the game. In the FA Cup game we also saw Magda Eriksson of Chelsea struggle with Stina's physicality which helped her get into this space and as a result I thought we might have seen maybe Jess Carter come in for the Conti Cup. She's very strong, good at one-to-ones, um, that kind of thing. Might I thought that's what we could, might have expected to see. However, I obviously can understand not changing the line. At the end of the day, they won. But it does show that they failed to pick up on the areas to improve. And then I think Arsenal struggled, like many, many teams, both domestically and now internationally, against Lauren James in the FA Cup. And you could see in the Conti Cup that it was definitely Leah Volti's job to really address that. That was clearly direction from Jonas. James then didn't really utilise the space that was left behind by this decision and also then massively helped Kim Little put on this huge display of masterclass that we witnessed. And I do think that absolutely Lauren James is a huge, huge talent. That's, that's not up for discussion. But I do think it shows that when you assess her and Chelsea in the correct way, and then kind of have the right tactics for it, you can shut her down. I think there's becoming this perception that no one can get past her because she's so quick, she's so quick on the ball, like, all these attributes, the way she dribbles, it is a lot to deal with, don't get me wrong, and I'm not saying that on any other given day it will be exactly the same outcome, but I think it does show that due to her age, she there is still things for her to learn, and I think that is one of them, the fact that she didn't go into that space, she kind of just followed the same plan, and that's not all on Lauren James, that's also on Emma Hayes, so definitely stuff, not just for Arsenal to consider, but I'm also wondering if other teams will have watched that, as in the analysts have watched that, and maybe picked up on things. Now, Arsenal's formation wasn't super visibly different, but tactically, we moved the ball out wide a lot quicker and I think this confused Chelsea, it definitely made them a bit nervy, and I think that was the start of their demise. I also then think Chelsea kind of watched this happen a little bit. I think a lot of the players of 
all age groups. I don't think this is like an age thing. I think a lot of them were guilty of bull watching. Finally, I think clinicalness, clinical finishing, all of the words to do with being clinical have been this huge cloud over Arsenal's season, especially like most recently, both from the fans, from pundits, from rival fans. It's It's been a big theme, 100%. But honestly, I would say that it was Chelsea that lacked a bit of clinical finish in in front of goal. Looking specifically at Sam Kerr, she had quite a few headers. Obviously, we know her, sadly, quite well for those <laughs> against Arsenal. But yes, she scored that one goal. But we're expected to seeing Chelsea and Sam Kerr taking all of those opportunities, and they really didn't. So I do think as much as I th- Arsenal put on a really good display, I also think Chelsea showed some weaknesses and I think that is important both for the mentality of Arsenal because we do play them again obviously we have quite a gap now um, near the end of the season but also in the Champions League I think it gives us a little bit of belief maybe in the Champions League because you know if we can do it there why wouldn't we be able to be a big mentality team so obviously we have by Munich coming up and then if we beat those it will be like Wolfsburg or Roma so definitely things to consider in that regard as well like the psychology of this win. Now let's not go completely being carried away with ourselves as much as I disagreed with Emma Hayes's comments about Arsenal just wanting it more and that being the only reason that Arsenal won I do think it's still important obviously to look at what areas went wrong for us and I think certainly in the first half we did have some issues with our like right flank defensively um but I think it was solved quite quickly but then I think this is where the importance of Kim Little really comes into it obviously she was player of the match and I know she's so highly regarded but I still think she's underrated like she's she's that good and it does worry me for the future because I don't think we would have maybe not won the game without her but I don't know if we would have put on that display without her and we've spoken about the impacts of her not being there when she was injured as well and I think it's just so evident how much we need her on the team. For me obviously I was a little bit nervy throughout the whole game I think as anyone is in a big final but I kind of sensed that it was going our way fairly early on not just from Stina's goal but tactically I feel like we really killed off Chelsea's right side in the first half and then when Emma Hayes made a change super early on like but a fair amount of time before the halftime whistle that was like the first sign of not just panic in the team that we were starting to see but panic in Emma Hayes and I think that's when we kind of like start to have that belief and I think that carried into the team I think the team had more belief and obviously that just like continued to multiply itself and its effect as Emma Hayes continued to change personnel, which also changed formation. Like a lot of them were not like for like swaps. And also if Emma Hayes is so believing this whole Arsenal only won because of like their desire for the the trophy or whatever, then why was her main change why would you change your right back three times? That's not to do with the desire, that's to do with your tactics and whatever your right back's doing or not doing in this case and how Arsenal did exploit the gaps in the right side and I just find it very frustrating as you can tell from what she said but there you go. Now something else that I really picked up on in this game is that 
I have obviously been droning on about the fact that it's not just the loss of Beth and Viv in terms of our finish in front of goal and kind of where we're at. Obviously, yeah, it is a big issue, but I know this is something that Tim Stillman of Ask Blog has also said, um, but like, shout out if anyone's been listening to this podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. It's not just the injuries and the removal of two key players, it's the fact that they have been playing together for so long that now when you have all these new people, whether that be because they're signings or, you know, we're kind of having to figure out some things as we go into a really big season, which is always really rough. It's the lack of chemistry, the lack of intuition of another player's game, lack of knowledge. Um, And I don't think that's necessarily something you can teach in drills that is just genuinely playing together all the time. I also think it's why we then see, as of late, our players then going to their national sides and we're like, oh, that's so amazing, like, but why hasn't that happened to us in the last few weeks? And I don't think that's the player's fault. I think it's because, again, especially in women's football, the people who make it into the national teams, they tend to have been playing together for years and years, whether that be, like, Leah at England and all the other players. We also see it especially with Caitlin Ford in Australia. But I actually thought that Noelle Maritz had quite a good success rate as well down the right wing. She interacted really, really well with Cena and Katie McCabe. There was a good few balls in and I think that was kind of an underrated performance. I haven't really seen too many people talk about Noelle Maritz's kind of impact on the game. But I think she made it really hard for Chelsea's to pull players across to kind of plug their pressure on the right side. Um which is really, really good to see because I think a lot of people, myself included, we've all been quite focused on Reuter. So it's good to see that that competition between the two of them is really there because that's what you want. You want competition, healthy competition between players for spaces on the starting eleven. I also think, we, you know, Stina deserves to be showered in some love and glory. She's been putting up with a lot from like the fans, the press... Rightly or wrongly, I think it's absolutely fair to criticise players. It just has to be done in the right way. Um, so let's let's take a look at some of her stats, because they're pretty impressive. So she had about 23 touches, and she had an accurate pass rate of just under 83%. And then she had only the one shot on target, but it was effective in the obviously in the sense that it was a very important goal for the game i think it really cemented arsenal's dominance for the start of the whole game um she had three key passes and she also had three tackles which was really high for obviously her position so i think that was really good she was fouled twice um i obviously do think there was not great uh refereeing throughout the game i think stina took quite a big brunt of it um amongst other players especially like Rafa maybe um there was quite a few points where I was like are we not going to get the cards out for that or what's going on but yeah overall really strong game and I hope it continues and then that leads me to the more psychological kind of side of it and I just hope that it leads to more confidence Stina is a very very good player I think we sometimes forget maybe myself included that when she was signed, she was never meant to be a direct replacement for, say, Viv or kind of, you know, like Beth in terms of the goal scoring ability. She was there to complement that. And 
really her gift of finding space, moving behind the lines. That was one of her, and remains one of her biggest selling points. And interestingly, I don't think her ability to find space changed in this period of like lack of goals. But ultimately, I think we need to remember that obviously before she could score or she could not score. And it didn't really impact how people thought of Arsenal or Arsenal's prospects for the season. Um, And every chance taken or not now is analysed in so much depth and it's all dependent on Blackstenius. And that's a lot of pressure to carry when you weren't ever signed to do that. Now, obviously, yeah, I was, I think everyone was hoping, as you see in lots of other circumstances, when you get that position available, you take it, you make the most of it, and then when the other players come back, then it's like a healthy competition for the spot again. But I think it was like a massive step up for her, which maybe we didn't all truly take on board. But then the moments, like in the Conti Cup, and she it gave that confidence to her and then the rest of the team. And I think it shows how effectively she can lead the line for Arsenal, especially when the right service is there for her. And I think that, again, links to the fact where the way Frida got the ball to Blackstenius is much more how Blackstenius would want it. So I think this is all really positive in terms of both the confidence of Stina and the chemistry between all of the players in terms of where to put the ball, where to expect each other and those kinds of elements of the game. Finally, outside of the game, I thought it was really interesting that when it came to lifting the trophy, Kim Little made sure that Leah Williamson lifted it with her. It was very much a a co-lifting situation, if you will. And I think that's really good. And it also shows how much of a leader Kim Little is, because I think it's pretty widely accepted that Leah, for a long time now, has been seen as the heir to the throne, if you will. She is the next captain, I feel, once Kim leaves, both because of how good she is on the pitch, but also just how much of a leader she is. And I think Kim has played a massive role in moulding Leah in terms of how much she learns about the game and how much she has learned from... I think Leah herself has spoken about this a fair few times, not directly. Leah would never say, I'm the next captain. Obviously, that would be so bizarre. But um, she has obviously spoken about the impact of Kim on her game and how she views football. And I think that's huge. But I think to see it in that moment was really moving and I think will help Arsenal in the long term as well. Obviously, we know that they have kind of a a leadership group um, of about four players, I believe. But yeah, very interesting to see that aspect of it coming through. And then, of course, after the game comes the post-match press conferences. Now, we've discussed them a little bit in passing in relation to different sides of tactics, but really just considering the impacts of them, I have to say, I've always been, like, fairly pro Jonas. I really like the tactics that he uses. Obviously, we have spoken before about the role, whether it's him, like, what is the situation with signings, per se, But um, I think tactically he's very sound and I think this game really proved it. But obviously, after the game, Emma Hayes, amongst quite a few comments, says, when your team's not at it and you have to work that hard as a coach, you already know you're going to have a tough day. It didn't matter what I did because it's about the basics today. Now, 
Whether that's actually true or not is maybe best left to a Chelsea podcast or blog, things like that. But I, I wasn't shocked that she did it, but I was shocked that she just kind of threw her players under the bus, to be honest. Um, I think we're very used to, obviously, Jonas almost looking slightly as if he's not understanding the situation because he protects his players to the furthest extent. And I would always rather have that rather than Emma Hayes kind of blaming her players. Whether one is lying or telling the truth, like, I'm not too fussed about that. I think in the press conference, it needs to be about that. Like, whether Jonas goes back in, I don't think he does, but say hypothetically he goes back in the changing room and he says, it's your fault, your fault, your fault, this happened, this happened, blah, blah, blah. Fine whatever but in public I think it's much better to have that approach and protect your players and do what Jonas does and I'm so glad that it really shone through because I think when we came out of the FA Cup obviously that was a huge blow the FA Cup is just so synonymous with Arsenal and I think that was a really rough one and even then he was like it's on me and I think this was just really good to see I also think it really highlighted the irony of the whole like mentality mentality monsters thing that like Chelsea have. I absolutely do think they have pretty good mentality, like let's not. Again, I don't want to get carried away with ourselves. I still think they're going to dominate the league if we're being real. But I just think it was so ironic that they they very clearly panicked and they're not really it's almost like they're not accepting that they just panicked and I think that is just so telling of what happened in the game and one of the other things that Emma Hayes said was that we so we being Chelsea obviously looked like a team that had won a lot and they hadn't and then she kind of like doubled down on that statement as well and I was like so me and my friend were kind of watching this press conference as we were trying to make our way back also side note shout out to anyone that went to the game and then it took them forever to get out of the area um but you know it was worth it it was worth it anyway it's just a little bit frustrating because I'm like hello the only time you've ever won a European trophy was when you were at Arsenal okay famously Arsenal has won the most trophies in women's competitions like of England clubs like a little wow just wow do you know I'm not even going to carry on ranting about it because I feel like we're all on the same page obviously I think she did mean recently and that is true sadly but I still think it was a bit of an odd thing to say um but you know First, first trophy in four years, so we're all happy, and I th- really hope that this is a galvanising moment. Do I think this will forge us ahead and take us to win the league? Honestly, I'm not too sure. I think we've had quite a rough time of it, but I think it's helped the younger players, it's helped our new signings, because for a lot of them, that is the first trophy they've won with Arsenal, and I think it, I think it will galvanise us. I think we're on for a better run in the WSL, but we'll see how far this can take us and this momentum. And at the very least, I hope that it helps with this so-called mental block that we have against Chelsea. Obviously, like I said, we've played them once more. There is quite a gap now, but I do think that will help for that game. This memory. 
So that concludes this podcast episode. Obviously a very, very happy one. I'm so glad we all got to share that day. Um, And as I said on, I think I said on TikTok, if you saw me crying when we lifted the trophy, no you didn't. And we'll allow it. I've waited four years. I remember when um, it was more like the men weren't really doing anything, but I was like, it's okay because the women, blah, 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 blah. Like there was always lots of things going on. And now for the past few weeks, I've been like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. The men will win this game. The men will win this game. And I'm like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. So it's good to have some like equal measures of happiness from both sides. Obviously big weekend for the men's team, huge weekend for the women's team as well. So what a weekend to be a gooner. I'll see you all in the next podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.